Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Welcome everyone to episode 180 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic and today we have real life basketball to discuss. The NBA season is back. We will talk about opening night and we're going to give some overreactions and then weigh whether you should buy or sell some of these hot takes from the first night of NBA action. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter, at AlmightyCasts. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. How serious should people take our over-under analysis on this episode? I feel it's very important to clarify this. Yeah, so we are going to give (laughs) some scorching hot takes... And then we are going to weigh in as to whether you should buy these takes or sell them. Or how seriously, you know, like if if you actually think, I don't know, the New Orleans Pelicans are going to win the NBA championship. Then we'll say, "Mm, they look good, but, and then explain why. So, yeah, we're going to lead off, when we discuss these games, we're going to lead off with takes. And then we'll actually get into real analysis from there, but... You know, it's the first week of the NBA season. It's overreaction week, so we had to play yep. into that. Yep. May, right. may I start, Brian? Please. Yeah, please. Kemba Walker yeah. is going to average 32 points a game and be like an all-NBA player. <laughs> oh, I just stole your hot take. I know. <laughs> All right, let, let's actually... We're, we're going to start with Tuesday night, and then we're going to go into... We'll go backtrack? back... We'll okay. come back to Wednesday, yeah. Oh, uh, we're gonna go, go the good chrono- chronological way. That's fine. I'll yes. accept it. I'll accept it on this time. Fine. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and to be clear, right away, recording this on Thursday, there were what ten or eleven games on Wednesday night. We're not gonna be those people who pretend we watched every game. We did not. So oh, we're you gonna didn't. Give... <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Some people don't live in Denmark. Work. We don't have all day over here. <laughs> Uh, so we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna give takes no. on every single game. We're just gonna go for the ones really that we spent the most time watching. So let's right. start more Tuesday night, opening night, Sixers Celtics. The Celtics mm-hmm. pounded the Sixers into the ground, and this was really the inspiration for this episode because my God, Sixers Twitter, like it, it devolved into panic mode so quickly. And I know right. Philly fans, like, it. you know, I, I'm right there. Like, the second shit starts going bad, you just hit the fire alarm. You start, like, yelling and screaming. I get it. But man, oh, man, 
it, you would think like one loss counted for 50. So the, the, the take that I saw was, you know, Markel Fultz, he spent all summer rehabbing his shot after that weird shoulder injury, the yips, whatever you want to call it as a rookie. People are just out on him now. They think it's like, all right, he didn't fix it over the summer. He's a bust. There's no hope. And the Celtics are just going to cream the Sixers for the next decade. So is that our hot take? Markel Fultz is a bust? Yeah. Okay. Um, fine. So hot take, Mar- Markel Fultz is, is a bust. Logically, no. Like, <laughs> analytically, no. He's not. I will say this. I, I didn't go as hard on the, you know, Philly hate after the game. But mm-hmm. I did go to my, my Danish Patreon and write a piece about, you know, how the core or, well, the, the trio of stars that Philly supposedly has, you know, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Markel Foles, mm-hmm. they do have one Achilles heel, which is just shooting the basketball. And something's got to give for those three to become an elite trio. Like, mm-hmm. if Joel Embiid is the only one launching threes and doing so at, like, a 31% rate, it's going to be tough. Then even if you flank them with great shooters, there's going to be a significant you know, cap on their potential. And I think that is fair. I don't think that's a hot take. Yeah, but to go, to go to the extent of saying, oh, you know what, blow it up. I saw someone <laughs> go the route like, oh, Ben Simmons doesn't even look better. He should yeah. be traded. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, don't even, I think it was a newscaster of some sort yeah. who went that route. I was just yeah. like, just stick to the news, man. I Just know. stick to the news. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that and I knew I had to log off for the uh, night. <laughs> like, I, I buy, yeah. Uh, ben Simmons is the best player on the floor that night. What, like, how, how do you I, even reach I that conclusion? Right, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Look, I mean, obviously, I will say I was worried, you know, his 5 for 11 on the free throw line perspective. Yeah. You know, line, he's, he, here's the thing. He still shoots with his damn palm. <laughs> right. I just, I don't understand how, you know, you have Drew Hanlon just working with Markel Foles all summer. You have, like, a complete coaching staff there. Like, how can you not, over the course of a year plus a summer, actually two years when you think about it, mm-hmm. like, get him to not shoot with his palm? Yeah. Can you explain that to me? I know I'm not I a sure. Philly fan, so you might have the inside track on this. I just don't I, get it. I sure, I mean, they were optimistic that he would boost his free throw rate to like 65 70% this year. You know, uh, it's one game. I'm not going to oh, yeah, panic sure. yeah. too much. Like that that is a storyline worth tracking for Philly right. this year. And I you know, I think you're right about like the three-man combo of Fultz, Simmons and Embiid. Fultz needs to take the shots. Right. It, it, you know, like if they don't they're not all going to go in, but like crappy shooters Rajan Rondo has been launching threes for years, even though mm-hmm. he's what, like a below 30% three-point shooter most of the time? Like, right. You just, opponents need to respect that you're actually going to attempt them, or we're going to saw what we saw, or we're going to see what we saw in Boston on Tuesday night, where they just sag off of him um, and, you know, focus all of their attention on Joel Embiid in the post, who, when he gets the ball down there, tends to have tunnel vision. There was one play in particular where he gets it, and, like, literally all five Celtics swarmed him because they knew, you know, yep. Fultz isn't going to shoot. Simmons isn't going to shoot. We can do this. Like, wh- there's little risk. I mean, if Covington gets the ball, he's streaky. Like, we'll live with that. So I agree with that. Uh, mm. I wrote a piece today. Uh, Chuck, you can find it on my Twitter where, you know, like, I just think we need to be patient 
with the Sixers. And it's what we've been saying really on this podcast for a while now. You know, we, yeah. we mentioned it in our last episode with the playoff predictions. Like, it's going to take time for them to figure out how to integrate Markel Fultz into their rotation. Like, right now, right. they're starting him in the first half and then bringing him off the bench in the second half. He played only three minutes in the second half against Boston. It's just, mm. like, unfamiliar territory for them. And, you know, they had the best starting lineup in the league last year. Like, the easy thing to do would just put Redick back in the starting lineup, have Fultz come off the bench, and then, like, just dominate opponents again because that's what they did last year. But for the long-term health of this franchise, they need to find out what they have in Markel Fultz, and they need him... I mean, like, if they're going to hit their ceiling, they need him to be the prospect they thought they were getting when they drafted him number one overall in 2017. So... Like, you know, the East is, it's going to be very easy for them to make the playoffs, most likely. I mean, you know, the top five, six, seven teams are good, but, like, they're competing with mm. Charlotte or Detroit for that eighth seed. Like, even if they take their lumps with faults, they'll be fine. They're going to make the playoffs. Uh, they need to, you know, they need they need to give faults a chance, and they need to not have a short leash with him, which I think Brett Brown is doing. So... Luckily, their schedule over the next couple weeks is pretty easy. Mm. Starting with the Bulls tonight, they have the Magic on Saturday. They have, like, I think they play Milwaukee, Toronto, and Indiana. And other than that, it's really a lot of teams who are either, like, fringe playoff teams or just, like, clear lottery teams. So I think that will help. They're just going to, you know, like, they played Boston. Look, we've been saying it all year, too. Like, Boston could be... Not, I mean, the best team in the East, yes. Oh, but this like, is hot take. Come on. They were going to win the championship. <laughs> yeah, they could. They really <laughs> that's could. Even, yeah, that, that's that's not even like a, a spicy hot take. That's just no. a regular hot take. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I mean, here's the hot take. I think they're the best team, the best equipped team to beat the Warriors since the Warriors have become a thing. And that right. includes the 2016 Cavs who actually beat the Warriors. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yep. Yeah. The hot take for Boston that I saw... And at, at least I saw, you know, like it was on the jump, I think, on Wednesday. Is Jason Tatum already their best player? Oh, man. You see, it's fun because remember when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when I said, you know, at some point, like, you know, one of these kids are going to break out. Yep. And, and they're not going to be, you know, sacrificing shots and all that eventually. Mm-hmm. I, I think Tatum, Tatum might be closer to that point than I thought. I mean, he's just looking so competent right now. The way that he's seeking out shots and he's draining them and the way he's just yeah. looking and finding those shots. Oh, God. He's just too good to to like be a, a a part of something greater in that sense. Like, if he suddenly starts to roll, you got to roll with him. Mm-hmm. He's he's that type of cat who can get you 30. Yeah. And, and you need to roll with it and you need to understand, okay, he's so young that we need to tap into that potential. If he has a need to take, you know, 15, 16 shots over the course of the year, we have to let him do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he is currently their best player. I still think it's Kyrie, at least in terms of scoring. I don't think he's as far off as even we thought a couple weeks ago. Like, I, I think it it's realistic that even mm. by the end of this year, he could be their number one option. I think he's right. their highest upside player of anyone on that team. And I know, like, you know, Kyrie's, what, a four- or five-time All-Star. Gordon Hayward's an all- been an All-Star. 
Al Horford's no. been an All Star. Yeah, like, but it, that's still true. Yeah, I mean, I, like, yes. he has the ceiling of a top five in the NBA player, and none of those yeah. other guys do. So, right. yeah, right. I mean, like he, you know, that's that's the luxury of this Celtics team, and it's what we've been saying for months. Is like, mm. not only do you have Al Horford, who's just you know this steady presence in in the center. Uh, Kyrie and Hayward, who are like in their primes, Brown and Tatum, who are way young, like they're only scratching the surface of their potential. They have all yeah. these like they have a great bench with Smart, Roger, Marcus Morris, Aaron Baines fucking, hitting two fucking threes. Aaron Baines again. Oh, I want him to true. not hit any threes against any other team <laughs> than than the than the Philadelphia. Just just to shit you off or piss you he off. He does it. Yeah, it, like nothing triggers me more than Aaron Baines hitting threes against the Sixers. I love it. I oh. I just want him only to hit threes against the Sixers. That's it. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure he does. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's the only time he ever does. But you know, yeah. like that that's the point. Like they have the depth where. You don't need, like, it's going to take time for Hayward to get back into the swing of things. He didn't play competitive basketball for a year. It's going to take time for Kyrie to shake off right. the rest. He hasn't played competitive basketball since March, not, you know, mm. not counting the preseason. So, like, if Tatum can take over and be their guy for the first month while those two guys round into form, like, right. <laughs> Boston's going to be really good this year. So, obviously, we went totally long on one game. Mm-hmm. I just want to wrap it up by saying one thing. Yep. Marcus Smart's jump shot seems a little bit reworked, and not because yeah. he drank them. He was he was two of, two or four from downtown, but it seems like his stroke was a little bit quicker and a little mm-hmm. bit smoother. Am I mm-hmm. wrong? No, he he did look. I mean. <laughs> much like Aaron Baines, Marcus Smart hitting threes against the Sixers triggers me, but. I might get slightly less triggered because that actually did look a little bit better. It did, right? Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Something to note. Yeah. Uh, and who was Dave DeFore on Twitter was noting, like, I think Smart dealt with an ankle injury for a lot of last year. Oh. And if he's fully healthy now, like, that you know, that might be the difference just in terms of, like, you know, as as a basketball player, you can't get as much lift if your ankle hurts. Like, if, if you are fully healthy... <laughs> Maybe that's the difference between you shooting, you know, <laughs> below thirty percent from three and a respectable thirty three, thirty four, thirty five, and that would be a big swing piece for the Celtics. Right. Breaking news: When your limbs don't work, you don't function as well. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Let's move to the other game from Tuesday night: Thunder Warriors. The Warriors ring in ring night with yet another win. Stephen Curry is still very good. Kevin Durant is very good. Those are not hot takes. Here's a hot take, though. Mm-hmm. The Thunder, we I mean, we've been saying all year that, you know, losing Carmelo's addition by subtraction, blah, blah, blah. Paul George, if he's not a top 10 player, he is right on the precipice. Yeah. I, that's not a hot take, I feel. But, like, people forgot how good he was last year, I think. People forgot about how good Paul George was as soon as he went down with that horrific leg injury because he was gone for more than 15 minutes. Come on. That That is true. But, like, you know, last year he just had to be so deferential with Russ and with Carmelo. And, he, you know, he still had a pretty good season. but it, He had a tremendous season. Yeah, but, like, why? Ah, 
I don't know. People like just didn't seem to be all that hyped about him. As that's like, because that's people. Come on, Gordon Hayward missed a year. I'm pretty sure if we went through Twitter thoroughly enough, we'll see some good dude go. Who's the white dude? Oh, for sure. Well, I didn't mean, they didn't they recommend some people or some Celtics? Oh no, it was Horford they wanted to bring off the bench, right? Oh there yeah, was, oh, there was some oh, like no. ridiculous conversation about like, oh no, well, yeah, or no, it might have been Hayward because they were like, well, no, we no, can't no, bench Tatum. It was Horford, Horford was in there too. Horford yeah. was in there too. There might have been several conversations, but Horford was definitely mentioned as a bench candidate, and I then I threw up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine. I'll spice the take up more. Paul George is a potential MVP candidate this year. Oh, see, now we're getting somewhere spicy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Because that hint, you know what? It only makes you more invested with the Thunder going this far because obviously you have them very. You know, very high on your list. Mm-hmm. So if they win like at least fifty plus, and Russ is basically chasing triple doubles, and Paul George is like the heart and soul of the team, obviously that's going to reflect. Yeah, okay, I see where you're going with it. You're going all in on this shit. I love it. Yeah, I I yeah. don't I don't genuinely believe it. Like I I really do think he's just like a fringe top ten player. But right. my you know the point is that he's really effing good, and like for however yeah. long. It doesn't seem like Russ is going to be out for all that long, but like right. for however long he is out, Paul George can be that number one option. I mean, he was in Indiana for years. It's not mm-hmm. like he's not a stranger to that role. He had four steals against the Warriors when Roberson comes back. Like he could lead the league in steals. I don't think that's yeah. a particularly spicy take either. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Schroeder played pretty well as the starting point guard for them. He had a really bonehead mistake late in the game, but that's just him part being of the him. course. Yeah. Right, part for the course with Schroeder. Do you have any hot takes about the Warriors? Uh, they have lost all belief in Jordan Bell for only playing him seven minutes. That's my hot take. No, yeah. <laughs> no, there's no truth to that at all. Um, I was wondering, however, why he didn't see more court time. Uh, yeah. But then again, I mean, look, Kevon Looney... Damian Jones delivered. So, yeah. like, it's just... I was just a little bit weirded out. I thought, honestly, that they were, you know, going to feature Bell more. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be an interesting subplot. Then again, I could totally see him have a, a season where he's not playing a lot of minutes. And then come playoff time, someone maybe go down or something. And he's just going to be like, oh, hey, hey, guys. Remember, I'm actually very, very good. I'm at least better than cash considerations. Here, let me just... <laughs> right. Throw up like 15, 10, and three blocks a game in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds so, right. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking about this both in terms of the, the Celtics and the Warriors. Mm-hmm. It, because both of these teams have so many offensive weapons. But, like, who would you say is the most irreplaceable player on the Warriors? Like, if one guy gets hurt, who like who is the guy who, if he gets hurt, that decreases their championship odds the most. Kevin Curry. <laughs> that that is a horrific love child of two players. Yeah, and I and know. neither of those are the ones who I would pick. Ironically, uh, I I know you're you're going Draymond, right? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Look, I I I honestly think I might agree with you. Um, Draymond is, you know. T- 2013, 2014, Joe Kim Noah on steroids mm-hmm. and with a jump shot. Like, he's, a he's jump the, shot. 
Right. He's, you know, he's the emotional leader. Uh-huh. He is the engine that makes everything go. He's so verbal, both offensively and defensively. Like, people talk about his defensive communication. That's fine. But, like, offensively, he'll just scream at guys, like, go down there. Go, right. go do that. Go like, he is just verbal all the time. And I think part of it is, is you know, firing up his own teammates, but also they also think it's just discouraging his opponents all the time. Like, they're just mm-hmm. so tired of hearing Draymond, like, they tune out eventually. Just, right. So I think there's that as well. But when push comes to shove, I do think that if he, if he went down, you know, Kevin Durant could take on more of a, a responsibility because he's just so talented. Mm-hmm. So I would probably go with Durant, but, I'm you know, you can pick any one of those three. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, and I was thinking about it. For, who would you do for Boston? Oh, God damn you, Brian. That's... Aaron Baines. No. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Well, that's that's where I'm thinking. Like, is it Al Horford? Yeah. See, it's funny because that was the first name that came to mind. Mm-hmm. But because and here but but this is this is tricky because the reason I'm not saying Kyrie or Gordon Hayward is because we saw them last year without those two guys almost make the damn finals. Right. So it to me it's between Jason Tatum and Al Horford. Mm-hmm. And because of like the experience level and just the the know how, I gotta go with Al right now. Yeah, I, I that just could think, change in two weeks though. Right, that's true. I you know I think for both Dre and Al, they're the, like the defensive fulcrums for their respective teams. Whereas right. you know both teams have enough scorers where you can survive one of them being gone. I mean, yeah, it would hurt the Warriors obviously to lose Steph Curry or Kevin Durant, but they. You know, they have won a ring without Kevin Durant before. Um, right. Boston, as you said, we saw him without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward get within a game of the finals. Tatum's only significantly better already. Like, they could get there very easily, I think, without one of those guys. But, yeah, I think Horford, right. you know, he, he is one of the only guys who could really frustrate Embiid. And it's oh, ironic yeah. because, like, you just don't think of him, you know, you would think, like, oh, big burly center like a Hassan Whiteside should be the guy but like MB just destroys Hassan Whiteside mm-hmm. but like little unassuming Al Horford with that veteran savvy is just like right you know he just baits MB into it and MB takes the bait every time and it's savvy and intelligence that does it look that's yeah. that's why that, look it's just because we're just throwing out the you know the, the Draymond and the Al Horford not comparison but like those two fit like a kind of mold mm-hmm. and I think in a couple years time Wendell Carter Jr. is gonna like be the third uh, yeah like the third guy on that list because yeah. you know he's 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 not gonna overpower you physically like a Hassan Whiteside is trying to do but mm-hmm. he like thinks the game a lot and yep. from everything I've seen, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the matchup tonight. Like, Joel Embiid is going to eat his lunch. <laughs> but I suspect there are going to be certain areas where you're going to see Carter think the game out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe he'll just realize, oh, okay, if Embiid moves that way, I'll go this other direction and I'll make, like, the dribble handoff over here because that will just separate me from whatever. You know, he'll think the game out. And he'll have a few moments of success, but like in three years' time, I wouldn't be surprised if you add him to that list. Yeah, I I could very well see that. 
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance uh all right let's move into the wednesday night games now again we didn't watch everyone we're not going to hit everyone uh i did watch most of pelicans rockets i know you you caught a part of it as well yeah let's start with the rocket side because i think that was the kind of the the topic du jour of nba twitter Mm -hmm. last night they gave well they're obviously going to miss the playoffs brian Right, like their their yeah. defense is just totally hopeless now, right? They gave up 131 yeah, yeah, yeah. points yeah. to the Pelicans. They were seventh yeah. last year. You know, we we were right. concerned all summer. They lost Ariza. They lost Luke Mbamute. They replaced him with Carmelo Anthony and Michael Carter Williams. Now they're just going to be like a league average defense at best. And they're going to be like the sixth seed, right? Oh yeah, and look, James Harden. You know, he he scored under 30, so he's washed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, even under 20, actually. I so know. he's super washed. I mean, just he forget he about it. He didn't have a triple-double? Yeah. Embarrassing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. he was one look, look, I mean, one rebound off a triple-double. That's horrendous. Like, Russ would have gotten it. Yeah, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Russ would have gotten it. <laughs> oh, he man. would have forced look, overtime just to get yeah. that rebound. <laughs> NBA overreactionary Twitter is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's one game. I have... Yep. Very much fate in the Rockets to turn things around. Because here's the thing. Look at the game it took for the Pelicans to pull this mm-hmm. one off. Let's let's just go through the numbers, shall we? Anthony Davis had 32.16 boards, 8 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. By the way, hi, M- MVP candidate uh, yeah. Anthony Davis already. Yeah. Nikola Mirotic, 30 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 6 of 8 from downtown. Only one turnover for both him and Anthony Davis, by the way. Then Etuan Moore just chipped in with 21 points on 12 shots. Julius Randle came off the bench, 25 points, 8 boards, 3 assists in 24 minutes while getting to the free throw line 6 times. Yeah, that's that's all kinds of fantastic. And probably the best game the Pelicans have ever played. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so, certainly up there. Yeah, I mean, look, that was a great game for them. And I hope that it, it's the start of something fresh. For them, mm-hmm. I mean, if if they are going to play not like this because this is completely unattainable, but if they are going to play in the stratosphere of what they how they played against Houston, oh good lord, Brian. Yeah, well, that's I feel like that's the other side of this is you know we both of us had the Pelicans as a playoff team, but both of us had them outside of the top four in the West, right? After last night, after seeing Anthony Davis in, you know, he he's leveled up now. He's just, like, in pure, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to destroy the league mode, which he right. was through, like, after Boogie went down, That that's what happened. He was in this mode last year and has carried over. Seeing that, seeing how well Julius Randle fits into this team, Alfred Payton had a triple-double in his Pelicans debut. Oh, yeah, debut. I, I forgot about that one. Yep. Yeah, you did. Uh, so seeing all of that, do you think we were too low on the Pelicans? 
Uh, oh, we are going with the hot take here again. Obviously, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. First seed overall, going to win the championship. Just they're gonna have to share it with Boston because that's where <laughs> we are right now. Yeah. Now, now, I mean, look. I hope that we were too low on them. I hope yeah. that we were too low on every team because that would be amazing. Better for the product. Um, I will say this though, and and this is absolutely sincere. Unlike you know eighty percent of the bullshit we've said today, <laughs> I do. You know, I, I'm looking at my MVP selection, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. going, oh, no. Oh, oh, I I could already now have been betting on the wrong horse. Mm-hmm. Because that performance by AD, you know, here's the crazy thing about it, Brian. He, he wasn't necessarily chasing this. Right. Like, he was just setting picks, running towards the rim, taking open J's. Like, yeah. rebounding in traffic, like he always would. And his assist numbers, like, he wasn't chasing anything. This just came naturally. Yeah, like, like nothing he, felt unsustainable. Right. And remember last year when he opened the season, he had 50? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just saying, his new nickname shouldn't be Brow. It should be Opening Day Davis. Yeah. <laughs> ODD? ODD. <laughs> oh, damn, damn. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, yeah. I, I think it's look. It wouldn't totally shock me if the Pelicans were a top four seed. Like if Anthony Davis stays healthy and plays this well, it's right within the realm of possibility. But that said, they're still a pretty thin team. I mean, you know, Randall played incredibly well off the bench, but like yeah. outside of that, outside of Randall, they got three points off the bench. Yeah, yeah. three points they, from Solomon Hill. They need Denzel Valentine on that squad. <laughs> Is that just because you want him off of Chicago? I cannot confirm nor deny this. <laughs> I mean, they did just pick up Wesley Johnson. Like They did. So that, you know, once he gets factored into the rotation, that might help. Mm. They're still just a thin team. I mean, right. you know, God forbid, like, let's pray Anthony Davis stays healthy, plays all 82 games. But, like, if he goes down, so go the Pelicans. So... Were we possibly too low on them? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But like, I'm not. You know, I, I'm we'll not see. gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna shift the Rockets and say like, oh, they are totally screwed based on one <laughs> bad game against, you know, the possible MVP. Right. I I would agree. Otherwise, I mean, we could look at Memphis and go, oh, they're back in the lottery. Right. Like, should, yeah, yeah. That's that's. They a lost good by one. 28. Should Should Memphis just blow it up now? Yeah, probably should. Get one more Jaron Jackson in there. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, God. that was not a total hot take, though, right? No, I mean, look, obviously, you know, Memphis is not this type of team. They're better. Yeah. I mean, right. they just had an off night, and it just coincided with being opening night. I mean, and, you know, Mike Conley didn't play. Oh, he did play. He Sorry, did. Yeah. he did, yeah. yeah. Um, just he didn't play well. Yeah, he didn't play well. Who the hell was I thinking of here? Oh, sorry. There's so many games, Brian. It's weird. The NBA is back. There was there was a starting point guard who was out. I don't even remember who it was right now. Um, no, obviously Conley played, Gasol played, Parson played, but uh, you know it just wasn't clicking tonight. I just, I have fully faith in them. Like Jaron Jackson, I actually had a pretty nice debut. Got mm-hmm. to line six times. Yep. Uh, was really active defensively. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just had an off night. Like he shot, like I think I saw a tweet saying under thirty percent. Twenty nine point eight. Oh, good lord! 
yeah it's not great that's that's unfortunate like but you know those those games are going to be there and, and meanwhile you know indiana was just rocking right yeah, yeah. I, I mean look we we said the grizzlies were going to be one of those teams that you know I'm, I'm not panicking i'm not like selling you know we, we both had their over pretty right. sizably i think it was like 34.5 and we thought that was too low i still yep. think it's too low indiana's a really good team like you yeah, know, yeah they, they are they might be a top four seed in the east they're that good so you you just shouldn't panic about one bad game against a good team. Yep. Memphis will bounce back. If they don't, and if they are completely out of the playoff race by the trade deadline, mm. I, you know, that then it's probably time to start shopping Marcus off. But like <laughs> I we, mean Yeah. It might have been, been I mean it, yeah, it, right. It might have been there like the last year. I, I remember what point guard I was uh messing up here. Who? Isaiah Thomas, because I was watching the Denver uh, game. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, wasn't yeah. active. Yeah, not that he's starting anymore. I mean, obviously, right. but still, right. yeah. Uh, Which, and that, by the way, if teams or if guys out there, guys and girls, have not seen the Denver game from last night, just don't, don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Unless you like free throw parades. Oh, 66. My <laughs> god. 66 three throws and 54 fouls, and it was ticky-tack calls all the way through. Like, fair enough. You get to see Boban Marjanovic, like, dunk, oh, basically without, you know, leaving the goddamn right. court. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was incredible. That pi- The picture of him standing with just his arms stretched out mm-hmm. as he's bending the rim. <laughs> he's my favorite. He might be my favorite NBA player. I just want him. I, I, please don't. And I want Tobias Harris and him to always be on a team. The Bobby yeah. and Toby combo is just like, it's too much. I love them. But remember uh, when I said that he should play more than 10 minutes a game? Yeah. Like, look, he played 18 minutes. He had right. 18 and 8. He yeah. got to the light. Like, he was, the entire flow of the game just changes when he's in. So, let's go with this hot take. Is he the best center on the Clippers? Yes. Yeah. Is that a hot take? I mean, they have Gortat, who's been a starting center for years. Yeah, who's like eighty-four. <laughs> I, but I'm so I'm so impressed by his six point six rebound line. <laughs> zero no, blocks. look and zero blocks. No, obviously that doesn't tell the whole soul. He only played you know eighteen minutes, and they also right. use Montrezl Harrell at center. But like he's a natural mm-hmm. four, I feel. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, he is the best center. Marjanovic is the best center. There, he's the most skilled. He's just, he's more impactful, obviously, because of his size and his touch. He has great touch. Like people forget about this. He, mm-hmm. he was perfect from the line as well. Like, yeah, he, he's just horrendous <laughs> defensively in, in terms of the pick and roll because he's seven foot three. Yeah. But here's what we're forgetting, by the way. Like all of us are all up in arms. Like, oh, you know, Mo Bamba has a you know seven ten wingspan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so does Boban. <laughs> right. But Mobama can move a little bit better defensively than Boban. Right. But my point is, when you have that wingspan, even oh, if yeah. you're somewhat stationary, right. my God, you can challenge shots. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem with him is, like, I don't know that he could handle 30 minutes a night. Oh, routinely. no, Right. But, like, I, I am ha- I mean, I really do hope he plays 20. For them, like I want yeah, just more, more than ten, just crack yeah. ten for one yeah. season. He hasn't; ne- he's never cracked ten. That's just oh, that's horrible. By the way, Shai Gilgis Alexander, 
Uh huh. That kid's going to be good. Is he the best point guard on the Clippers? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, based on last night with Patrick Beverly's 0 for 8 performance, probably, yeah, probably. There you go. Yeah. There you go. uh, No, he's just like, he's playing at his own pace, man. Like I was yeah. really impressed. Uh, I was I was expecting him to come in and maybe force the issue a little bit, but mm-hmm. especially against it seemed like Denver, who is so good at facilitating shots and like speeding up the pace of the game. You know, most rookies will will get caught up in that. But Shot came in and he just like cooled everything down, started handling the ball, just kind of chilled the offense. I was very impressed. Like he really had a nice uh, sense of where he wanted his team to go. Yeah. Well, the Clippers, much like the Grizzlies, strike me as one of those teams where, again, I think they're going to be, you know, they they played the Nuggets pretty well throughout that game. It was a close game into the fourth quarter. We all expect the Nuggets to be top four, top five seed in the West. So, like, that's a good start to the season, even though it's a loss for the Clippers. I think they're going to be in a lot of these types of games where they're competitive Mm. throughout and they lose late. Uh, But they're another team like the Grizzlies where... If they're out of the playoff race, you know, I was I was joking about the Beverly thing, but, like, they have a lot of guys on either expiring deals or, like, Avery Bradley's only owed $2 million guaranteed next year. Yeah. And they just have so much freaking backcourt depth with those two guys, Lou Williams, Shy, Ty Wallace, uh, Robinson, their other lottery pick from this year. Like, it wouldn't, yeah. t- wouldn't totally shock me if they did you know, start to consider moving some of the vets, especially, and kind of embrace a youth movement heading into free agency next summer when they're projected to have a lot of cap space and are openly, you know, courting Kawhi Leonard, among others. Oh, speaking of... Speaking of Kawhi? He had, he, you know, he he had his debut. He played basketball again. He played basketball, and he played basketball fairly well. I would agree. Yeah, would twenty-four, you, what, twelve. Like he was just attacking. He was, you know, in his own rhythm. Like defensively, great. I, he was Kawhi, man. Would you say we overlooked <laughs> him in the MVP race? <laughs> you know, I have a feeling that this idea of ours is not being executed as well as we thought it would be. I I disagree. I, I'm firing <laughs> takes left and right. Uh, well, I mean. If we're basing it off one game, I, he will need to up his shooting percentage. Like, you can't yeah. have a 9-for-22 MVP. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. He's obviously just locked. And he had zero steals, by the way. So Right. Like, zero yeah. steals, zero blocks. Zero not blocks MVP. as well. So not, certainly not ever going to win another Defensive Player of the Year award. Yep. True. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and by the way, it's... Yeah. And Kyle Lowry had 27 points and 8 assists. So, obviously, yeah. like, first-team All-NBA. <laughs> Kyle Lowry, who I felt... Very gross picking in the third round of my fantasy draft, rewarding my oh. confidence. It was between him and Drew, and I just I chickened out. I took Kyle Lowry, but for one night I looked smart. It does. By the way, oh. Serge Ibaka off the bench. Yeah. Buy it, buying or selling, Brian? I buy it. Yeah. Because I think he, you could use him more as a small ball five, which I think he's probably better suited for at this point in his career. I mean, unless uh, you know, I, unless you want to rely on Greg Monroe, which I don't necessarily. He didn't play last night, so I think. Yeah. Yeah, no. like Siakam is very good, and uh, like he deserves to be in that start. Like that starting lineup 
with Lowry, Green, Leonard, and Siakam is mm-hmm. a defensive nightmare. Right. And then being able to bring in OG, and then, like, Serge is still, you know, he's not what he once was, but he's still a good shot blocker. He had three last night, a couple steals. I yeah, like and can rebound. Yeah. Like, n- good debut for Nick Nurse. I will say so. Also, it helps when Siakam makes, like, six of eight from the field. <laughs> right. And because, a three. And a three, because he was very volatile last year in terms of offensive production. Like, yeah. and, and, like, the Raptors acknowledge all year long that he was a work in progress on that end. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, and you know, six of eight is not going to be representative at all of what he's going to do this year. But if he can just be a little bit more consistent and provide some type of offensive flow, I mean... Yeah, that's that's going to improve them significantly. And that's where your point comes in, because then they have a starting unit that's just tr- tr- tremendous defensively. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the bench. Like, you have Norman Powell, Serge Ibaka, OG. Like, those are not bad defenders. No, like, I know. You, you, yeah, like, you will have a legit, you know, full rotation with active players who can at least defend on the ball. Yeah. Shouts to anyone who thought Philly was in the class of Toronto or Boston. I, can you hook me up with your drug dealer at some point? Yeah. I, I really yeah. like it. No, uh, you know, honestly, I, I was I was part of that. I was really high on, on Philly, but I, I would agree that, you know, Toronto, at least initially, just <laughs> with the roster and, and how it fits together, they're, they're probably ahead, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Toronto and Boston are just the clearly two best teams in the conference. I think they're in their own right. tier. I think Philly's right in that next year with Milwaukee and probably Indiana, but I, I think there is a considerable gap between Philly and the the other two teams. Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. So let's uh, talk about Milwaukee. Yeah, Giannis I was going to say, is, let's, finally yeah. we can revisit your Kemba Walker hot take from earlier. Right. Oh, yeah, the game. So, I mean, look, 41 points in, in the opening game. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been, he's been you know, in trade rumors for, yeah. I want to say, two years now. <laughs> yeah, right. Something along those lines. Like, he may be just tired of it all. Yeah. Like, he's just going to come out and, like, average 35. <laughs> I, I have a feeling, though. That, uh, I'm, I'm kidding, but I do feel there's some level of truth to it. Like, I think he will come out this year and just look to do something else. Like, I don't think he's satisfied looking back at, like, a 22, 23-point year. Right. Um, he's. I think he's looking at this Hornet squad as well as, as and looking at it in, in the sense that we need more. I can provide yeah. more. Right. I mean, literally, like, who else is there? There's Jeremy Lamb. There's Malik Monk, who you right. correctly pegged to, you know, make a substantial step forward. He had a great first game. But, like, where else do you get offense? You are you know, if you're relying on Marvin Williams and Nick Batum. Nick Batum, yeah. Yeah, like, you're in trouble. So, like, this just might have to be how they win games or how they stay close. Is like, Kemba might need to take 25, 30 shots a game. So remember the last year of Jimmy Butler's tenure in Chicago when he averaged like 23-something 
Yeah. Like he mm-hmm. was just he was he was amazing and he did that with virtually no spacing. Right. And he had like a, young, a, a solid core of of young guys behind him and when I say solid I don't mean in, in terms of talent necessarily but they were just there. Um I think it's the same situation with the Hornets right now with Kemba not necessarily in the sense that they're going to trade him. Mm-hmm. But I think he's just going to look at that squad and go, oh, okay, we have a lot of young guys. I need to be that consistent presence, and right. I need to be like the mega star, because yeah. you have a Miles Bridges waiting in the wings, and if you yeah. can deliver, you know, he he had a rough game here in his first time out, but if he can start, you know, building on that game during the season, like Kemba can, you know, potentially see a guy where he goes, oh, you know what, I I might actually have a side part you know a sidekick here that I can play with over the next coming years. Mm-hmm. So for them, you know, for the Hornets, it's going to be who can we who can we develop to help, you know, Kemba long term so we can re-sign him in the summer. And for Kemba, it's probably not all that different. I wouldn't be surprised to see him stick around. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, it they can offer him the most money if he really likes Charlotte as we heard in our uh, Southeast preview pod. Yep. Who knows? Um, let's go to the other side, the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, we were talking earlier about how Anthony Davis made quite an opening statement for MVP. I'd say 25 points, 18 rebounds, and 8 assists isn't too bad for Giannis. Well, he had 8 turnovers, Brian. He did. So, so therefore, he is already eliminated from the MVP. Yeah, he only shot 58% from the free throw line, so... Mm. True. No, no three-pointers either. No three-pointers. Less than 50% from the field. Five personal fouls. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I I legitimately... I did fall into one overreaction trap when I was... You know, in the first half, the Bucks just looked so goddamn fluid on offense. And we're just... I mean, they were beating the hell out of the Hornets for a good part right. of that game. And then the Hornets came back in the second half and made it competitive, which is... You know, a testament to Kemba Walker. But in the first half, I did tweet that Mike Budenholzer was winning coach of the year. Shut it down already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's why we were doing this pod, to get all of our dumb initial reactions out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. I, that said, like, that Bucks, the Bucks offense looks so much better still. I, we've been pounding this drum for weeks now. Right. But, like... My that's a game they lose by fifteen if Jason Kidd's their coach. Yeah, no, no. You see that one? That's interesting because I agree entirely with that one. Look, the fact that they have fourteen free point makes on thirty four attempts, and and the mere fact that they're just moving the ball around to actively seek out perimeter shots. Yeah, it's just such a big movement compared to what it was like. You know, the whole pound the ball into the goddamn pavement philosophy under Jason Kidd. Yep. Um, I'm 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 dicking what they're doing, obviously. And what I also like is Giannis is is going to take more threes in this. Like he may have a bad year in terms of shooting the ball from outside. We don't know. He might not. But I don't even care if he shoots like twenty five percent. As long as he takes the shot on a semi routinely basis, that's yep. all good. That's part of the development curve. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it, I mean that echoes what we were saying about Fultz earlier. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do Brooklyn, Detroit. Here, here is a very spicy take, or maybe it's not. I don't even know. Spencer Dinwiddie's the best point guard on that team. <laughs> oh well, um, 
it, it see now is now this is where you toe the line between reactionary <laughs> and maybe there's some truth to that uh god look i still view d'angelo as a two so mm. in that sense i would agree with you Okay. Because I don't think he's a natural point guard, or you know, natural point guard in this day and age, there is no natural point guard. But you know what I mean. I don't think he's best suited for that that position. So, in view of that, yes, I would agree. Spencer Dinwiddie is the best point guard on that on that roster, which would lead people to say, "Oh, more than you think, D'Angelo Russell is the best shooting guard on that roster." And uh, no, 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 I, I, I don't think I do. I don't think I do. That that Karis Levert guy is, is looking pretty damn good, isn't he? He he certainly is. Yeah. That was uh what you had in as most improved, right? I did. Yeah, uh, I was trying to think of his most improved or six man, but no, he was he was very clearly going to start. So yeah, his yeah. his most improved player campaign is certainly off to a good start. Had a team high twenty seven points on ten of eighteen shooting. Not bad. And Jared Allen, Jared Allen's a thing. Going against Andre Drummond and playing that well. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's been a thing all last year. But, yeah. I mean, look, the two threes is what does it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he was shooting the ball a little bit last year. Yep. But, you know, he's coming in this year, and, and he's probably going to be gunning a little bit. Yeah. Do you want... Last year you were aboard, the Nets are going to win 35 games, I want to say? Yeah, well, first, let, let's get tell the story right. Uh, first, I was on the playoff team, and then right. Jeremy, right. Jeremy Lin went down. Yep. And then we kind of negotiated our way to 35 wins. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm probably above that run right You're now. above 35? You... Uh, th- yeah. They, I will say this. It's these type of games they should be winning, though. It's yeah. against Detroit. So, yep. Yeah. I don't know. With, I, I'm, it's early. Yeah. With all due respect to Detroit. But, yeah, like, they're not going to win many games against, like, the top-tier Boston, Toronto, Golden State-type teams. So, yeah. Like, right. the, you need You can't only feast on bottom feeders. Like, you have to win against teams that are, you know, I, I think the Pistons are slightly better than the Nets. But you can, you know, it's a 60-40 game if something Yeah, happens. it is. Yeah. That type of thing. And uh, it was only a three-point loss despite going 5 of 27 from downtown. Yeah. that. I mean, the, look, we, you know, we we said it last year. Like, the Nets play the right way. They're going to be they, – they're like the Clippers of the East. Like, they're going to be yeah. just good enough to lose a lot of games, but, like, good enough to hang in there late before they lose a lot of games. Yeah. And that's all I want. Team. Yeah, they're going to be an annoying team to play. And like they're yeah. gonna, they will steal games from teams who are, who like sleep on them or don't expect much from them. I could totally see them have a a few games this year where they take on a giant and actually slays them, just because yeah. you know that that team is coming in with with no expectations because this team is is good. And again, like when you say they they play the right way, yeah, they take a bunch of threes. Like they have embraced that whole three point shooting mentality. And they're not going to shoot 18.5% every game. Like, right. they are going to have games where they are hot from outside, and that's going to help them as well. So, yeah, I, I'm very optimistic about them. I am. Me, yeah, me too. I mean, long term, um, like, they have 
a great future. It's hard to like see that now mm. just because again, you don't really know like who's a keeper on this team. I mean, Levert and Allen probably Russell's up for a contract after this year. Jury remains out on him, but like they're right. going to have a lot of cap space. They're in an attractive market. Like the the future is finally bright after mm. Billy King gave up all of their assets for a half decade. So are you buying or selling Andre Drummond being one for three from downtown? Is this <laughs> going to be a thing? He said all summer it was going to be. I, I, uh, I mean, if, if they're going to let him take them, I'm buying that he will hit them at a 25 to 30% rate. I don't know that it's necessarily the offense that you want to run, but... Like if he's completely wide open, as long as it's it's like with Embiid, like if it's not dribble up and take the shot early in the shot right. clock, don't do that. But like yeah. if you swing the ball around and no one is guarding him and he has an easy catch and shoot three, you know that's look that's the way the NBA is today. And you know yeah. we've seen guys like Brook Lopez and Marcus Gasol add that to their game in recent years, even Horford. Uh, to a lesser extent, I mean, he was at least a decent, you know, mid and long range two point shooter. So it wasn't as much of a jump as it was for other guys who just like added out of nowhere. But mm. yeah, like I, I think Drummond is smart to have added it to his arsenal because he right. knows if I don't have it, I'm gonna get played off the floor in the next couple of years. I'm gonna be the next Dwight. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. So, Brian, I think we've spoken enough about all these teams. People are tuning in to hear us talk about Aiden and Dantich. Yeah. Yep. Let's. So, Dantich is a bust, right? Oh, my God. America was right. <laughs> all the clever t- Americans on Twitter were right. Luka Dantich is horrible at basketball. He He's not going to turn into anything. It's he's, just, too, he's too fat. He's too fat, and obviously because he's too Euro, he's yep. also too soft and super soft. Too, 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 yeah, super soft. Like the the tattoo is just trying to make him fake tough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Five okay. and sixteen in his yeah. debut, ten points, a minus eighteen on the night against a Suns team that is widely expected to be one of the worst in the league. Yeah, a minus per on the season of two point yeah. 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 That one there, there goes PER. the rookie of the game. Yeah. <laughs> rookie of the year award. Right out one the window. Game, one game PER is very telling. What which? No, I would say like a, a PER with only oh, one okay. game sample yeah. size. No, look, I mean DeAndre Aiden, obviously, like his his one game PER was twenty nine, I think. Mm. Future so, MVP. Current MVP, Brian. Current MVP. Okay, I will say this, though. 
the that Suns team is kind of intriguing. They had four players with more than five assists, mm-hmm. and actually more than six assists. Aiden had six assists. Ariza with seven, Kanan with seven, and Devin Booker with seven as well. Like the ball is flowing really well. Mm-hmm. Aiden was sticking some jump shots, with, which I really didn't anticipate early on, mm-hmm. and then Booker just caught fire. And oh, he's yeah. he's deliciously good. And I hate the whole you know he's overrated talk. We've right. talked about this on this podcast before. Yep. He's just so goddamn good. Yeah. And I reminded myself before we had our you know awards predictions a couple months back. I said I think Devin Booker could lead the league in points this year. Mm-hmm. I think I might be on that because he's off to a good start. Yeah, but it's not just a start; he's doing it so effortlessly. Yeah, like just scoring the bat. And now that he has Aiden, I mean, look, Aiden's going to be great. I'm not even going. You know, obviously we're kidding around with the Doncic Aiden stuff. Doncic right. is going to get better, and he's right. going to be the better rookie overall. But just for Booker to have that presence of Aiden, who can score inside and also stretch the court as a big. And you have a reason who'll take open jump shots. You, you like you can't move off of him. You have Josh Jackson and TJ Warren coming off the bench, just shooting and gunning. Mm-hmm. Like you know, defenses are going to have to take a decision, you know, make a decision. And if the decision all the time is, well, we have we have to you know focus and prioritize Devin Booker, then good luck you know guarding everyone else. Right. So he's going to get his. Yeah. Here's the take. Booker and Aiton are the new Kobe and Shaq. Oh God, <laughs> that's a, that's a take started by Aiden. Um, well, here's the thing that can, that actually I disqualified, uh, or yeah, that 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 comparison is disqualified because Aiden made both of his free throws. Oh well, yeah, Ed Booker actually shot well from three. Yeah, <laughs> he, he had seven assists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Lakers fans. It was nice having you on the podcast. Come back next time. <laughs> what are we left with now? Like, you know, the, the, the like, occasional Hawks fan, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Dallas, we love Doncic. That's right. And we love Doncic. And yeah. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, that's true. Number one podcast of Milwaukee right now. Uh, well, so here's a question. One question about the Suns is, you know, Ryan McDonough got fired like a week before the season started. <laughs> presumably because they didn't have a veteran point guard on the roster. You were banging the drum for Okobo to get the start there. He did not. He played only eight minutes. Instead, my boy, former process sixer, Lil Sip Isaiah Kanan came in. Eight points, seven assists, six rebounds, three of ten overall, two of five from three. Yeah. Do they need a veteran point guard? Or are they a team where it's kind of like... Denver or Milwaukee where you can play through so many different guys that instead, you know, you need a you need a guy like Kanan who's going to be more of a spot-up shooter, more like a Jamal Murray. Right. They don't need a veteran anything. <laughs> that, that's true. Um so so that entire idea of let's go get vets is mm-hmm. just as ridiculous now as it ever was. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, look, look at Denver. That's the blueprint, right? You have yeah. several capable passers, playmakers. You don't need to go find a traditional point guard who like handles the ball all the time. It's not mm-hmm. necessary. I mean, look, just going back to Denver for a second, I was very surprised in that game. Um, 
like Jokic was handling the ball like virtually 90% of the time. Way more. Like the, the usage was just up in terms of how long he held the ball and how long like he had the ball in his hands compared to last year as well. It can go into overkill mode. And I am mm-hmm. slightly, and this is overreactionary, but slightly concerned that they're running too much of the offense through, through Jokic. Mm. But the idea is sound. Like, you have multiple players who can initiate the offense. Right. Yes, the Suns have it the same way. However, not in their starting lineup necessarily outside of Booker. Like, Ryan Anderson is not going to initiate your offense. Mm-hmm. Right. Trevor Arisa, he, you know, he's a fairly, he's a competent passer, as we also yeah. saw last night. But he's not a guy who will dribble up the court and, you know, call out plays and, you know, go Draymond on people's asses. Right. Aiden passed well out of the double. He passed well on the perimeter. But it's not something we've seen on the regular with him. Mm-hmm. So we don't know. So I do think they need something else. But they don't need a point guard who's going in with the Steve Nash mindset of, oh, I'm going to have to, you know, get 12 assists. Right. No. Like... That's why I also said Okobo would be perfect here because he like he's got a scores mentality, but he's also a willing playmaker and a willing passer. He'll be fine. You can plug mm-hmm. him in there and he would just function. So if he had a game where he had to take twenty shots, that could easily be those circumstances could be created because of Booker. And if he had a game where he you know his passing was on point and Booker was going, yeah, then sure he could have his twelve assists. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix needs a guy like Patrick Beverly, who they've been trying to trade for, but they've been unwilling to give up a first-round pick. Uh, sounds like they only want to give up seconds, and the Clippers, rightfully so, are telling them to get lost because they understand how you know how <laughs> it cost Brian McDonough his job. So they they know they have the leverage here. Uh, otherwise, can we free Tyus Jones? Can we please get him in Phoenix or just on some team where he's actually going to play oh. real minutes? I would love him in Phoenix. Like God, he would be good in Phoenix. But you know, there's 16 minutes. Well, I mean, look, when you have the opportunity to play Derek Rose 31 <laughs> minutes, <laughs> I mean, Brian, that's just too tempting. I mean, it's just a matter of time before they sign Joakim Noah, right? Like you, you might as well. If you're Tom Thibodeau, oh, yeah. you're gonna get fired after this year. Just go all in on the Timberwolves yeah. for like 20 games before you trade Jimmy Butler. I mean, I wouldn't watch it, but sure. <laughs> I, I would watch it just for, like, comedy's sake. I mean, look, Luol Deng didn't get a minute. So maybe that's, they, that's, maybe that's, that's progress. True. Yeah. But then at the same time, Jaza Kogi didn't get any minutes. Uh, Kita Bates-Job didn't get any minutes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm so surprised that Tom Thibodeau is not playing rookies and he's playing a veteran with terrible knees, giving him 31 minutes. Even though he shot three of twelve overall, I'm I look. Forward. I'm just looking forward to the year 2045, <laughs> when when Tibbs is you know in a press conference, a post game press conference goes, well, Derek is moving well. <laughs> right. God. Uh, how concerned are you about Carl Anthony Towns? Eight points, nine rebounds, three assists, fouled out in 22 minutes. All right. So can you? Uh, elaborate in terms of what I should be nervous about. His current production or, you know, future outlet? Both. Alright, current production, not worried whatsoever. He'll get his 25, 12, whatever. Yeah, whatever the line is going to be. Mm-hmm. In terms of impactful play, yeah, mm-hmm. very nervous. Look, we talked about this on this podcast before. 
uh, several times. So I apologize to the listeners out there who's going to hear me bitch about this one more time and and I'm going to repeat myself. You have been targeted in both the media and from Jimmy Butler over the (laughs) course of in the entire last year. During this entire summer, at least over the past month, your work ethic has been put under you know scrutiny or it's just been it's been questioned mm-hmm. you know constantly daily hourly basis really and this is how you respond yeah this is your motivation factor your motivation factor is to come out and play passive basketball no your motivation factor should come out and say you know what fuck all that i'm gonna drop 30 and 15 i'm gonna be and i'm gonna play great defense while doing so mm-hmm that I've I've had this problem with Cat for a year now, and the same with Wiggins. They don't have that dog in them, and they need to have that dog in them to become like great players. They're good players right now. Don't get me right. wrong. Uh, Towns way more so than Wiggins. Yeah. Like he will have an absolutely fantastic statistical line when his career is over. He is one of those guys who's going to end up with 20,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 2,000 blocks, 1,000 plus threes. And you're going to look at those numbers, you know, in in many years and you're going to go, oh, what a great player. Yeah, what a good player. Yeah. What a good player. There's a major difference. He's good. He needs to be great, and nothing seems to affect him. And people who are going, oh, well, you just need to get Butler away. Oh, so you want to pamper him, and that's going to make him tougher? So so let's remove the one aspect that actually encourages him to get tougher. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he's just tuned out Butler. Well, that's a problem in and of itself. I'm worried. I'm very worried. Yeah. It, it's, it, you know, last year was the first year. Because, like, the first two years, he was just still ascendant. And then last year... You know, you expected him to take a slight step back just because you're adding a, a Jimmy Butler to the team. You're, you know, you're going to have the same issues that they did in OKC where you guys are all just sharing. You're like three high-usage guys sharing touches. It's going to be tough. But, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not, I'm not sounding the alarm on Towns yet, but I'm moving closer and closer to there. I think the hot take would be like, Carl Anthony Towns is the next Julio Loco for, which, no, like, no, he's going to be fine, but... Fine, fine, here's a hot take then, here's a hot take. Obviously, I know that he can't be traded because he just signed the extension and and whatnot, I think there's, like, a period. Yeah. Is Butler the guy you should be trading? Ooh, ooh, you think they should trade Towns? I'm just saying, saying, yeah, yeah. Look, again, I'm just saying... Right. What kind of culture do you want? Yeah. Do you want this culture where you need to have a pacifier lying around? <laughs> I mean, Towns would get Towns would get the biggest trade haul of anyone, right? You, lock, I mean, you have a twenty-two or twenty-three-year-old should be franchise center locked into a long-term deal. But that, yeah, I mean, yeah, they can't. I don't think they can trade him for a year since no. it was a exactly a, a super max, or it could be a super max. So it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. We could, but, we could but my point it. is, my point is just culture. My point yeah. is culture. Yeah. Look, if he's not going to work for it, 
if he's if he's just sitting there expecting things to automatically come, if he's sitting there playing Fortnite out to the fucking right. four a.m. and doesn't even know who he's playing against, yeah, that's that's not great. I don't care how old you are. I don't care. You're a professional goddamn NBA player who are earning millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Prepare yourself. Apply yourself. Like that's the one thing you can't point at Jimmy Butler, you know, for for lacking. Right. Jimmy Butler is a crap leader. Mm-hmm. He yep. is a dickhead, and yep. he is completely wrong in the way that he motivates people. So yep. again, Jimmy comes with his own you know problems where you have to you know gauge, oh, do we want to move forward with this guy or not? But just so automatically going, hey, we're going to go with the younger guy. Right. That's to me is very short sighted. You need to go look at the personality. And how that personality is going to translate to the culture that you want to build. Right. Because if you keep him, and based on the contract that he's on and that Wiggins have, like those two guys are going to be the leaders of the team. Right. But, like, that's that's not... I mean, it's a, that's a fair... You know, it's... The, they should trade talents is the hot take version of it. But, like, mm-hmm. I think it's very fair to be concerned about the culture of the Timberwolves. And that's what Butler's been saying for weeks. Like, that's, right. you know, he had that interview with Rachel Nichols. And he's like, I don't have the God-given talent. Like, he said, I think he said Wiggins had the most God-given talent over I think talents. he's right. I yeah. think he's right. And then look, he, look at the size and the athleticism and the touch and stuff. I think he's yeah. right. Yeah. So, But I actually have a, ho- more, a hotter take. Oh, hit me. I don't think this is going to be the only Jimmy Butler type situation that the Wolves are going to get. So, you know I'm high on Josh Okoge, right? Uh huh. I think he's going to become a very, very good player. Not now, maybe, but in a couple years' time. And he's going to have that same path. Not entirely, because he wasn't homeless and all that. At least not from what I know. But he's a late, like, he's a late first round pick. Mm-hmm. He's gonna work his ass up, you know, through the ranks, mm-hmm. and he's a two-way player. Like he defensively, he's active. Like he takes pride in defense. Mm-hmm. Let's let's look five years down the line. He's a pseudo all-star. He's a yeah. full-time starter. Great two-way player. Are you not? If you're Jasakoji and you have worked your ass up like that, you're looking at those two guys who are still, you know, just toying around, playing Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Are you not going to say anything? <laughs> I mean, I, I I'm hesitant to criticize the Fortnite if only because it was Ben Simmons on on the computer with him also playing Fortnite. But no, your point. But he didn't have a game, right? Uh, they didn't have a game, I believe. I, I hope not. Well, either way, I mean, your point's valid because there was some story on ESPN earlier this week about you know kind of the Sixers and like their overarching narrative this season, and they were saying like. Last year, Simmons strolled into practice like 30 minutes beforehand. This year, he was in the gym all summer. So it sounds like he did get... I, I think that Celtic series was a wake-up call for him. Right. And it sounds like Towns may not have that yet. And you would hope this Jimmy Butler situation would like... I mean, like just if I was Carl Anthony Towns, I would be very pissed off with one of my teammates emasculating me left and right. Like in right. practice, in the media, everywhere. You know, and I, and I would, like, really bust my ass to prove him wrong. Like, that's what, 
that was like the entire thing that fueled Michael Jordan was just like proving his haters wrong, as he said in his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. And if like if Towns doesn't have that type of motivation, or like it just isn't fueled by that, I th- it, it's a fair concern. I mean, look, they but this this Timberwolves situation is just like. It hasn't gone away. It's not going to until Butler gets traded. Like they, I mean, God damn, their home opener is just gonna be spectacular drama. Because <laughs> right, I, mean, I, I think Jimmy's gonna get booed off the floor. Uh, oh, that but, would be so dumb. That would but, be so dumb. I get why to some extent yeah. it would be still be dumb. Like he's yeah. not wrong. I I know, but you know he's going to. He, he was he was wrong in the way he handled his trade request. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, big time. Like big time. If you, I mean, if it's true, like it's there's been some conflicting reports, but just make it clear early in the summer that you're out, and then they have the whole summer. Like doing it five days before training camp, there's no way. There's just no no way. And then like leaking all all the shit to the media. Yeah, he deserves some blame in this situation. I he's right about the young kids, but like. He has not oh, yeah, handled yeah. this gracefully. All right, that's because I thought you meant that he would get booed because of the town stuff. Like, no, I, oh, I no, completely, no. I yeah. completely forgot. Like, the trade request would, yeah. in, you know, enrage fans. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. that's I, I, I'm, I'm withdrawing my comment. That's okay. fair. Good. What I mean is, if it was only about towns and Wiggins, yeah. like, no, yeah. because that's a fair point. But you know, yeah. him wanting off the team, that probably doesn't endear him to fans. Okay, no, I get it. yeah, no, yeah. All right, let's do one more hot take before we head out. New York right. Knicks had one of the biggest blowouts of any team. Yep. Are they a playoff contender without Christoph Porzingis? Oh, I have a, a hotter take here. Were we wrong about Tim Hardaway Jr.? <laughs> we, no. we, haven't, we haven't disparaged Tim Hardaway Jr. We said he would put up empty stats. Which <laughs> Well, no, oh, they won. Yeah, right, that's true. So, no, um, look, I mean, Noah Vonley had a double-double. Um, yeah. Mary Hisonia looked Hizonia, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will say Trier. this. I called that one. I called yeah. that, not, not on this podcast, but on my Danish patron. Um, right. So, so, I mean, they might put up a little bit more of a fight. But, you know, initial reaction, obviously, they're going to have to share the championship with how many teams do we have <laughs> winning the championship this year? Like Boston 14 now. <laughs> 14. <laughs> Whoever won last night is the NBA <laughs> right. champion. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I will say this. And, and that's this is a hot take, and it's one I actually mean a little bit. Oh. Um, I think there, there, had, there was a tendency in New York which was unfair to Kristaps, I will say, mm-hmm. where you know the team was force feeding him a lot. Mm-hmm. Like this is our great hope. Let's mm-hmm. let's really pump in the numbers for him. Let's let's make sure that he averages like twenty two a game. Let's make sure that he gets all the shots that he wants. Mm-hmm. And I feel he was a little bit overburdened by that. So mm-hmm. you know, having a team right now where you don't have this focal point, you know, where you you have to force feed him, uh-huh. that could actually help the team moving forward. Yeah, not, and and, and not hurt Chris Tops. Like when he comes back, it's just a matter of it's a learning period. I hope for the Knicks that they go. Oh, now you're back. Now you're healthy. In the meantime, we've learned to play more as a team, so we need you to we need to incorporate you into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Uh, 
for Knicks fans feeling themselves today, I would just remind you that you beat the Hawks, who are more more likely than not to be the worst team in the NBA this year. I'm just going to read their upcoming schedule. They're at Brooklyn Friday, back-to-back at home against Boston Saturday, at Milwaukee Monday, at Miami Friday, home against the Warriors next Friday, uh, then the Nets again, and the Pacers on Halloween. So, Oh, no. Yeah, so oh, no. so I think I, like enjoy this one, Knicks fans. This is congratulations. You're one and zero. This might be the last time you're above five hundred this season. My God, you are not. You are just murdering our entire listener <laughs> core. That's... They, you have to be realistic, man. You have to yeah. know what's coming. Brace yourself for the fall. Because otherwise, you're going to be like Sixers Twitter. You're going to think your team is a fucking championship contender, and then they're going to lose to Boston. And you're going to swear the season is over. And ben oh, Simmons I see traded. what you're doing. You're I'm, spreading your own personal vitriol over <laughs> you know, every other I'm, NBA team out there. I'm, okay, I'm I got softening you. expectations. I think that's the way to approach all sports and really all of life is just reduce your expectations, and then you're not going to get crushed when bad shit inevitably happens. Bye, was that bye, dark, fans. Was that bye, a dark fans. enough way to end the podcast? Should we? <laughs> I, I I mean I'm just I you know now I have a hot take about you Brian because if <laughs> this is how you're going to start the regular season I'm just dreading when we're in like January if this is if, if it's like the darkness path you're on like it's just going to be like we're not even going to be talking in January it's just going to be like sad emo music <laughs> no by that by that time well I'll I'll have been. Either in Japan, or I'll just come back from Japan, so I'll be like 10 pounds oh, yeah. heavier. I'm going to have just have a big sushi belly. I'm going to be much happier then. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, right. I, look, man, I, that, that, that Tokyo trip, I'm, I'm, I'm very jealous. Yeah. Uh, well, before we lose any more fan bases, let's close things off today. We will be back next time with less hot takes and actual basketball analysis, but... We really wanted to get to the spirit of this week, but thankfully sample sizes will become large soon, uh, or larger soon. Larger. So we'll have... <laughs> a couple of years, yeah. a couple, right. couple, couple of couple weeks away. Week, yeah. yeah. But we'll at least have more, you know, more insight into whether these teams are good and bad. And if the Sixers lose to the Bulls tonight, the Magic on Saturday, I'm quitting this podcast. So, so yeah, about that. So last night, or, or two nights ago, Taro Shear came in and just swatted the living hell out of Embiid, yep. right? Yep. So that's one thing, because that's Taro Shear. At least he's always engaged defensively. Yep. If Zach Levine or Jabari Parker <laughs> does it, oh, man. how many DMs oh. am I going to wake up to from you tomorrow? How many, DM, I think, how many DMs are you going to send me is the question. I'm not saying Oh, shit. none. You know me. You know <laughs> yeah. me. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, well, until next time, you can, you're going to hear our reaction to Bulls Sixers on the next episode. So in the I meantime, loved how you avoided that. You avoided <laughs> that like a pro. That was amazing. Yeah. In the meantime, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at AlmightyCasts. Until next time, I'm Brian Tapork, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. Go Bulls! 
I'm, uh, I guess. <laughs> hey, um, you've been sitting in front of that fan for a while now, Deborah. Yeah. You want to talk about it? No, I'm good. You sure? Because your lips are looking pretty chapped. That's life on the open road. Well, yeah, it would be. But we're in an office building. It's hard to be without your bike. So do something easy and protect it with Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. With basic policies as low as $75 a year, you'll be back on the road in no time. Visit Progressive.com to quote today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. And now, an ad from Dad. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Yeah. Tell you another way to save money. Don't buy those uh, expensive coffees every morning, you know. Then you can save up for a... I don't know, really nice dress shirt. I'm just saying, it's great that you feel comfortable here at work, but, you know, an adult could walk in. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... This might be your new favorite. You're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants.